Hello and welcome to the Metrospective. Pete McCarthy along with Tim Britton. And Tim, are you excited for the 2020 baseball season to be played out in a courtroom? Woohoo! Get pumped! That's what we all want, right? Uh, we... What a mess. <laughs> Major litigious baseball? Uh, I, you know, it's we're, we're recording this Monday night. at Probably, I would say this is the low point of this entire Absolutely. process. You know, where, where one week ago you had Rob Manfred say... 100% unequivocally, we're going to play baseball this year. Uh, and it, a week later, he's he's not confident that we'll play baseball this year. When really the only thing that changed was the players' union saying, sure, tell us mm-hmm. when and where. Uh, so I, I don't know how how the owners can, can try to spin this as not uh, their fault, essentially. And not only you know, are they seemingly not negotiating in good faith, they then send a note to the Players Association, this is from the LA Times, that there won't be a season at all if you don't waive any legal claims against the league. So, wait, if you're if you're operating in good faith, why would you be worried about the union coming forth and uh, putting a, a claim out there? I and mean, then the whole thing, I don't, honestly, I, 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 the players might not be absolutely perfect, but it seems clear to me the owners don't want to play. The, the players want one thing. They want the prorated version of their salary. If they play 40% of 162 games, they get 40% of what their salary was supposed to be. You could say that's onerous or it's not a fair stance, whatever. But that is what they have grabbed onto. And so, you know, Rob Manfred says, oh, yeah, 100% there'll be a season. So the players say, all right, tell us how many games we'll show up. And now it becomes this whole other thing and the owners uh, snapping back in the way that they have. I just... It's uh, it's a real failure of the entire sport right now. Yeah, I mean, just the 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 PR optics of it in a, a week where you and you have a three billion dollar postseason contract announced, you know, shortly after one of your owners says this isn't really a profitable business. Uh, like it, it, there's just not a lot of sturdy ground for owners to stand on at this point when it really does seem like they want at most a fifty game season and. If they were to unilaterally implement that, as they've they've threatened for a while here, if they were to unilaterally implement that on June fifteenth or June sixteenth, well, then it's probably in bad faith because there's enough time to play more than fifty games. You know, we can if if we're starting a season in in a month from now, you know, three weeks of spring training, you got a, a week to get everyone there. You're starting a season July fifteenth, July sixteenth. There's time to play more than 50 games and I think this is, looks like you know I think the the best case reading of this uh, is that it's a stall tactic so that you know by the time they can come to terms on an agreement they only have time to play 50 games before the end of September uh, otherwise uh, it, it's hard to see how this is a good faith effort to play as many games as possible if you're sitting on your hands for an extra couple weeks and to me this is the owner's strategy And yeah, they can wait and then unilaterally put forth a 50-game season. But what you do worry about right now is both sides digging into the trenches to such a degree and there being such hostility back and forth. In Tony Clark's statement tonight that the players are disgusted that after Rob Manfred unequivocally told players and fans it would 100% be a season, that he goes back on his word. I mean, disgusted. You know, when you start having that kind of back and forth and the players reacting the way that they did on social media with anger, and clearly there's anger on the ownership side too, even if you you don't 
necessarily hear the quotes from the owners and they keep their mouth shut in these positions. But once you have two sides really dig in and get that angry at one another, then all bets are off that they could come to any kind of agreement that would necessitate a season. Yeah, I mean, you've had the letters from Dan Halem on the league side and, and Bruce Meyer on the union side being read out in public the last last couple weeks uh, and, and really kind of middle school, high school level stuff from both sides uh, at that point. But it, it's just, you know, you, you think about it's not just the impact you're going to have on 2020. 2020 was never going to be a normal season. Uh, and, I, I you know, if, if this season didn't happen because of health-related issues, if if no other leagues had their uh, organiz- organization together at this point, uh, then you wouldn't really be able to blame baseball for anything. But but you've got five other leagues that have figured it out to some some sense of it at this point, whereas baseball lags behind. Uh, and then, you know, you've got the 2021 CBA negotiations, you know, after next season lingering in the background. And you start to think about, man, what's this, what, what's next season going to look like if there's any coronavirus concerns still lingering? Uh, and then what's 2022 going to look like? What's what's that negotiating period, that off-season going to be? When are you going to start negotiations for that off of this horrible note? You know, like, at what point, we've had labor, quote-unquote, peace for 25 years. At what point are we going to have that again? Are we not talking until, are we going to have a regular baseball season again, not until 2023? Like, how long is this going to be that they're going to be fighting like this? Yeah, it's a long-term concern. It's not just this 2020 season. And again, they have to not only work out the finances on this, but then work out the health aspect. And it doesn't seem that the players in the union or the owners in the union are that far apart on what kind of protocols would be in place. However, they have to figure that out and then actually have guys stay healthy and, you know, hope that there aren't outbreaks throughout the country or within certain clubhouses and teams and it's always possible and this is one of the concerns I think for the owners especially is that you start the season and then you can't finish it and all that money that they want to collect in the postseason won't be there but I want to focus in on Commissioner Rob Manfred because Rob Manfred I feel like it's pissed everybody off no matter what your relationship is to baseball at some point over the last few weeks, months, years, right? I mean, look, if you are, and I understand he represents the owners, but the owners have to be upset with how this March agreement is playing out where they essentially said, or at least the Players Association is saying that, you know, the language in there says that the players get a prorated version of their salary. And and that's what's causing uh, a lot of this. And on top of that, the players don't trust Rob Manfred. No fan likes Rob Manfred. And he called the commissioner's trophy uh, a piece of metal and had no respect for what the whole game is about and just looks at it as a bottom line and a business. I, I don't... I know Roger Goodell was in this kind of unpopular situation, to say the least, uh, during the, the Ray Rice suspension and and decision to back and forth but where's the support for Rob Manfred right now who's liking Rob Manfred he's under contract through 2024 so maybe he's not going anywhere but he has failed miserably here and it doesn't seem that he has the leadership ability to pull either side out of this tailspin that they're in I mean, what worries you is this was supposed to be his strong point, right? This is like like the labor negotiations. The owners liked him as a commissioner candidate because he had won so many battles for them with the union. And I I think, you know, 
the, the owners gotten very used to winning those, you know, they weren't huge gains every negotiating period, but they were substantial gains, the luxury tax, uh, the, the qualifying offer system that, you know, you've seen free agency be suppressed in the last few years. Uh, and that they, they didn't really know, or Rob Manfred doesn't really know how to respond to the union kind of stepping up on its side of things uh, and, and taking a stand on this issue here. And then you've got all the other things that have worn away at fans' patience with, uh, with Manfred and, and the commissioner's office. You know, a lot of them have had issues with the way he handled the Astros and sign stealing. Certainly calling the World Series trophy a piece of metal uh, does not endear you to the, the players who play for that trophy or the fans who live to see their team win it uh and there have been a number of things that he hasn't handled with kind of the uh the grace that you would like to see the guy well it doesn't seem like he likes the game right i mean he's been looking for ways to fix baseball for so long and and so much of my argument for a while has been like baseball is fine (laughs) just let them play uh and now a guy who's looking to cut so much time off off the game you know cut minutes off of each game is now trying to cut just huge swaths of the season if you're like me during this quarantine, maybe you're having that that one extra drink, or even at this point now, it's starting to get a little old. You need a way to mix it up. Well, let me tell you about dugout mugs. This is the barrel of a baseball bat turned into a 12-ounce mug. Perfect. You pop in the beer at the end of the night. You want to mix a drink, pop it in. You get that smell of baseball as you're enjoying your life it's perfect for the big game to put on display or to be the life of the party itself also father's day coming up put in your request go to dugoutmugs.com slash the athletic and use promo code mlb30 for 30 percent off your first purchase that's dugoutmugs.com slash the athletic and code mlb30 fill that baseball void with your very own dugout mug today bud selig at the very least you knew he cared about baseball. And again, maybe this is just a, a natural evolution of what it is to be a commissioner. I mean, it's not Kennesaw Mountain Landis. He was not, you know, hired just to be the owner's front man. Uh, he was homer, uh, hired for the best interests of the sport and to make sure that there was a public trust of what was going on after the Black Sox scandal. In the case of Rob Manfred now, though, he clearly just represents the interest of the 30 owners. He is the front man. He takes the bullets for all of them. They don't speak. You don't hear a whole lot. Uh, You know, Bill DeWitt, as you mentioned earlier, the Cardinals uh, talked about how it's not a very profitable business somehow. But Manfred, I, I just feel like it's too obvious. I mean, it's all about the bottom line. It's all about the business. And there's no heart to anything that he does within the the status of the game itself. And I think you really run into a problem with that when the players just see it so obviously and the fans see it. And again, he needs to be the bridge when the owners and the players are going at each other's throats in this way. And who's going to be that bridge? I mean, what's going to bridge this gap when both sides dig in? The commissioner's supposed to act in the best interest of baseball, but that's not his interest. Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about this a lot, that the, the owners have not taken the long, long view on this. And that's been what's surprised me the most, is they're doing everything just for the extra dollar today when, come on, like, you're going to own this franchise for a long period of time. It's a long game. Baseball's a long game over the course of a season. It's a long game as an owner. Uh, you've got more invested in the sport's future than anyone. And you're the one who doesn't see that. 
Uh, and you know, like the look, the the role of the commissioner has evolved um, over the last generation or so. You know, when when Bud Selig became the interim commissioner in the early 1990s, uh, and he was an owner. Like that that was when it fundamentally shifted. Uh, even though there were, were obviously labor issues uh, in the in the 1970s and 1980s with with free agency and, and several stoppages in that time period, uh, you didn't have the commissioner as an active servant of the of the owners or as an owner himself where it was very you know Faye vincent someone like that was trying to be that bridge and the owners didn't really like that uh so they wanted their own guy in there uh in c league uh and you know you need someone to look at this and and be more rational about it uh both sides there is so much animosity built up between them and so much distrust that if if you couldn't figure out you know the money is the easy thing with this the health stuff is harder. The money is, the e- is easier for this than for the next CBA negotiation. If you can't get this right at this time, then there, there can't be any faith that you're going to get anything else done down the line. No, there's just so much animosity. And again, this was an opportunity for baseball to potentially be the first sport back to have a stage to themselves in July for a country that is starving for sports, right? You have these uh, 30 for 30s airing every Sunday to – you know, pretty crazy ratings because people want some kind of appointment television. They want sports uh, back in their lives. And, you know, forget about the long-term damage of, you know, this negotiation. There was a great opportunity uh, to showcase the sport to a wider audience. And they've let that flush down the toilet. And now they've just angered. Everybody's a fan of the sport. And, And I get it. A lot of people will say, I'm never watching again. I'm done with baseball. And then they'll be back once the games restart. But there is an arrogance in assuming that that is the case. And baseball's recovered from the 94 strike. Uh, One of those 30 for 30s uh, just aired on Sunday with Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. And you saw how important that was and and Cal Ripken Jr. But I, I think it would be harder now for the sport to come back nationally because... There is no story in baseball on the field that resonates nationally any longer. I mean, what was the last Derek Jeter getting a 3,000th hit? Like, what was the last moment that everybody could celebrate? And it wasn't just about your team and what happens in your backyard. I I don't know what it could possibly be. Uh, what record is so sacred in baseball now that it being broken would bring everybody back together. I don't see that kind of easy reconciliation for baseball. They're already on some shaky ground, even if the sport wasn't dying. And now you're really expediting that process here. Uh, are you suggesting Jeff McNeil's quest to hit 400 in a, in a 22 game season this year won't, won't <laughs> captivate the nation? You know, I, I think one of the, he better play the, the last day though. No bunting. One of the things that I think you miss in the, this conversation, you hear everyone talk about, like, will the fans come back? Uh, and they did after 94. It took close to a decade till you had per game attendance back to where it had been before 94. Uh, and attendance had been going up prior to 1994 in a way that right now, you know, attendance is going down going into this, uh, let alone through this. But you also you're not talking about the missed opportunity to get new fans, you know. I was eight years old at the time of the strike, seven years old at the time of the strike. Uh, and I, fortunately for me, I was already hooked on baseball. Uh, but a lot of kids my age uh, do not have the same uh, relationship with the sport because it wasn't there for 
close to a year uh, of, of their youth, that important time when you're young and, and, and falling in love with a, a professional sport like that. Uh, so how many people out there, how many fans are you losing by not having this season? How many fans could you have gained in a time, you know, the, the PGA Tour came back this past weekend. The ratings were huge yep. for, uh, what, the Charles Schwab Invitational, a tournament mm-hmm. that I'd never heard of before. Uh, so... <laughs> You know, imagine what that could have been for baseball if it starts on July 4th. And, and it's not just a symbolic thing. It was a huge marketing opportunity for the sport that it has wrecked entirely. Uh, and it's not just the fans that you are pissing off now and losing. It's all those fans that you have, you have missed out on the chance to gain in this time. And look, it'll be a 50-game season if they do play it. That certainly seems to be the most likely scenario. And, and how much fun is that? I guess you can make the argument it could be more fun that the games will be more meaningful, but it's going to be over in a flash, and you're going to be competing with the NBA playoffs, with the NHL playoffs, with the NFL, which has been a losing battle for a while. I mean, look, there's going to be a lot happening in sports. You're going to have events every weekend, big races at uh, you know NASCAR, horse racing. I mean, if sports come back, they're going to come back in a flurry. Uh, so, look, it is a disaster all the way around. Rob Manfred said it's a disaster on ESPN on Monday, and there's really no other way to look at it. It's, uh, again, a failure in the leadership of the sport, and now fans can only hope that cooler heads prevail, but it's getting awfully late in this thing to continue to have this kind of negative momentum. But uh, let's hope, Tim Britton. <laughs> what an inspiring message for a Monday in, in June <laughs> during all of this. Adios. Adios. Adios.